0: This is Brother William Kantz with this week's lesson from Ephesians 3, the verses are 1 through 13, and the title of this week's lesson is The Mystery Revealed. From the New King James Version, the text reads, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which you, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister, according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power to me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through him in faith. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Praise God's holy and divine word. The mystery revealed. God's plan for man's redemption is no longer a mystery. Scripture reveals what Jesus did for us when he died upon the cross. We are told what we must do in order to be cleansed by his blood And we are also told of the important work assigned to the church. Let's let's rejoice, let's celebrate that we can both read and understand God's plan. Paul began in Ephesians 3 to offer up a prayer on behalf of his readers. The prayer begins in verse 1, for this reason, and restarts in verses 14 through 20. Actually, this is an extension of the prayer that Paul starts in chapter 1. But here, in verse 14 through 20, he concludes these prayers. Uh, At the beginning of Ephesians 3, verse 1, he says, Paul writes, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father. And between, in Ephesians 3, verses 2 through 13, Paul elaborated on the eternal purposes of God through Christ's emphatic revelation, God's emphatic revelation in Christ. Paul starts the prisoner of Jesus Christ, verse 1. And with this phrase, Paul is both describing his relationship with Jesus Christ and his being held captive in Rome. Paul's physical imprisonment was because he obeyed Christ in spite of political and religious opposition. The main focus of our lesson follows here with Paul declaring the divine mystery that is in Christ Jesus and Paul's responsibility regarding the administration of God's truth to all. Paul indicates it is his responsibility to make plain that which has been revealed. Paul is humbled, and all who teach the word of God must embrace the spirit of humility, recognizing the awesome task required to deliver God's word. It's a blessing and a responsibility. In the past, prophets and wise men only dimly saw God's unfolding plan for the redemption of the human family. Things were different after Pentecost. To know Christ was to read the Old Testament with enlightened eyes. Through the mystery of the Holy Spirit, what was previously a mystery was now revealed through, Christ, through God's apostles and prophets. Christ was to be a prophet like Moses. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. Deuteronomy 18, verse 18. He was to be a king like David. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. Jeremiah 33, verse 14. He would be a priest like Melchizedek. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Psalm 110, verse 14. And a servant who would suffer on behalf of God's people. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth, Isaiah 53, verse 7. Having saved people individually by his grace, chapter 2, verse 1 through 10, and having reconciled them to each other as well as to himself through the sacrificial death of Christ, chapter 2, verses 11 through 22, God also unites them on an equal basis in one body, the church. This step in God's eternal plan was not fully revealed in previous times. Paul called it a mystery, verses 3, 4 and 9 mystery this is a truth revealed by divine revelation verse 5 now being revealed here the word mystery has the the special meaning of god's will god's way in ephesians this mystery primarily relates to the unification of believing Jews and Gentiles in the new body, the Church of Jesus Christ. This is a plan God is actively working and is revealing. In the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished, just as he announced to his servants the prophets, Revelation 1, verse 7. Paul writes, I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Galatians 1 and verse 12. We note in verse 6, together, together, together. The repetition of this word, indicates the significance, the uniqueness of this condition of equality and mutuality not previously practiced. The one body was prophesied in the Old Testament. Notice Romans 15, verse 12. And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him, the Gentiles shall hope. Paul here is referencing Isaiah 11, verse 10. We notice verse 8. Paul calls himself the very least of. This is not false humility, as he is well aware that he had once been a prosecutor of Christ and his church. Then he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Acts 9 and verse 4. We note verse 10. Now, in contrast to ages past, verse 9, God has reconciled those who stood a distance together as one organically united entity and in them being the church. Therefore, the church becomes the perfect vehicle of displaying God's wisdom, manifold or multifaceted completeness. The mystery was, Revealed, accomplished in verse 11, in Jesus Christ. It was his own role in the revelation of God's eternal purpose. In verse 2 and then in verse 10 in chapter 1, the apostle used the word dispensation of the fullness of time. Dispensation, from the Greek, means the orderly running or stewardship of a large household. Paul looked to the unfolding of God's eternal purpose from the sin of Eden to the crucifixion of Jesus and designated it God's dispensation, the orderly arrangement of human affairs, so that he might send his Son into fullness of Of time. Galatians 4 and verse 4. When the time had fully come, God sent the Spirit of His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. In the coming of Christ, God's dispensation is clear, the mystery is revealed. God revealed what was formerly a mystery because no one knows the things or thoughts of God except the Spirit of God, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 11. It is reasonable to infer, therefore, that the mysteries of God have been revealed by divine inspiration. Prophecy never had its origins in the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Spirit, 2 Peter 1, verse 21. Here in verse 11, eternal purpose. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, Romans 8 and verse 28. This purpose, which God literally made, is the glorious headship of Christ over a united church. This is in preparation for his ultimate assumption of headship over the universe. God's redemption in Christ is God's plan for the hope of man's salvation to the ends of the earth. This plan plan had to be put into effect in human history, which God did through the earthly work of his incarnate Son. The eternal plan had respect to him and was to be executed by his coming and his work. Being in Christ has among its blessings boldness, and access with confidence through faith in him. Ephesians three and verse twelve. Paul concludes his aside here in these verses from two through thirteen with confidence in the Son of our Savior, in the Son of our Savior. Jesus Christ. The Hebrews writer, Hebrews 4, verses 15 through 16, places the Lord's Day as a time for Christian celebration. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, Hebrews 10, verse 19, we can stand confidently before God because Jesus paid the price for our sins. God made him who had no sin be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. Paul was willing to endure persecution to fulfill his assignment of sharing the unsearchable, unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, exhaustless riches of Christ with the Gentiles, Ephesians 3 and verse 8. The church has always been a part of God's plan. It is tasked with making known the manifold wisdom of God. Ephesians 3 verse 10. Consequently, the church must proclaim God's revealed word to all who would listen. We are God's spokesman and we must speak as the oracles of God, 1 Peter 4, verse 11. God's truth must be proclaimed by God's people, the church. This lesson is yours. To God be the glory. Thanks for listening, friends. I pray that something has been said that is both edifying and uplifting. Next week's lesson comes from Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21, and is titled, Another Prayer. Let us pray now one for another. Father God, we approach your throne of grace with hopeful anticipation. We know you are God all by yourself, that you sit high and look low, that you are Father, to our Father's fathers. You are the creator of all. We come to you in a posture of supplication, recognizing your omnipotence, your omnipresence, your all-powerful spirit of goodness. We thank you for all the many blessings you bestow upon us each day. We are overwhelmed with the thought of your sacrifice of your only begotten Son on the cruel cross of Calvary. We thank you for the blood of Christ that washes away sin and gives us a redeemed spirit of conforming hope. We pray for those who stand outside the ark of safety. We pray for space and time that they may come to know you before it is eternally too late. We pray for those in harm's way, from natural disasters to man's inhumanity to man. Any place dangers of the world threaten harm to God's people. We pray for those embraced by pain and suffering due to physical anomalies. We pray for restoration of their physical health. We understand your will must be done. We Just ask that you reach out to those troubled this day and calm them by your grace and mercy. I pray this lesson was received with an acceptance that everything that was said is acceptable to you. Thank you for being our God and calling us your children. These and all other blessings and favors we ask in the most gracious and holy name of King Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Again, friends, let us reach out in Christian love. Let us pray for one another. Let us praise God from whom all blessings flow. Let us count it all joy. Stay safe. Bye for now.